0: It's already October and the summer is a blur. Here in Canada we had a papal visit. Pope Francis came to express his closeness with our indigenous brothers and sisters, to express his sorrow at their suffering at the hands of Catholics due to colonialist practices and beliefs, and to offer an apology for actions carried out by people who acted in the name of the church. Everyone asks me if I think it was a successful visit. I don't know. I think it was necessary and I think the Pope did and said what had to be done and said. I know many indigenous people, mainly Catholics, who are happy with the visit and who accept the apology. Many have said that it's like a weight has lifted off their shoulders. Many are willing to take this as the first and important step in the walking together with the Church on the road towards healing and reconciliation. And that's why the Pope's visit had the title of Walking Together. A lot of the walking together now will involve concrete actions. But now that I've had some chance to reflect, I think that we also can't forget the praying together aspect. That is one thing that Pope Francis made sure to include all the time during his visit. We pray. We are reconciled with God through Christ. It is Christ who brings reconciliation. Let's not forget that. Let's walk together with Him as we journey towards true healing for everyone. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is The Salt and Light Hour. Hello, and welcome to an all new season of The Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. It is season 15. We've been doing the show for 15 years. How many years have you been listening? What a summer! How was your summer? You want to know what I was up to? The Pope. Yep. The Pope came to Canada and I was blessed to work on the planning committee for the papal visit. What an experience! I hope one day we can bring you some of those stories. Maybe there are some of you who have worked on planning papal events? Write to me and we can swap some war stories. So yes, I was busy this summer. But it was good. It was really good. How was your summer? Did you read any good books? Well, Jermaine did, and he's going to be with us in about five minutes to tell us about some of them. So, yes, book ends with Jermaine Bagnell returns for this 15th season of the Salt and Light Hour. And then, Billy Chan will be back with Church for Dummies. I know that most of you only listen to this show because of Billy and to hear Billy and his Church for Dummies. So, he's back. Today, he has a question about war. So, stay tuned for that in about 15 minutes. And... All you Catholic parents out there, pay attention. Wouldn't you want to be part of a dynamic community of families, Catholic families, at every age and stage that supports each other in becoming households on mission to love like Christ? Well, then you should join the movement. It's called Catholic HOME, Catholic H O M, yep, H O M, Households on Mission. It's a new ministry of holy cross family ministries and today dr greg popchak will tell us all about it and that's in our second half hour in about 25 minutes and at the end of the show you're going to love this at the end of the show we're going to be speaking with two dominican priests fathers timothy and simon they are two of the members of the hillbilly Thomists. yes a band of dominicans who play bluegrass music and they are going to tell us all about what that's about. And we're going to listen to some of their music. All that coming up. Remember that you can listen to the whole show. Be sure to go to our website, SLMedia.org, where you can podcast the show. You can also listen to this program as a podcast. Anywhere you get your podcasts, just subscribe, and it'll get sent right to your device. And make sure that you give us a whole bunch of stars so other people can also find the show. All right, so let's start with a song. Here are the Hillbilly Thomists with Good Tree from their 2022 album Holy Ghost Power
1: You can't gather grapes From a bramble bush Or pick a fig From thorns But what I like to be Oh To be a good tree some fall in the rocks on the beaten path. Some sink into rich soil. From a tiny seed grows a good tree, like a cedar high and mustard wide. All of the birds
0: That was The Hillbilly Thomists with Good Tree from their 2022 album, Holy Ghost Power. And we're going to be speaking with Fathers Timothy and Simon of The Hillbilly Thomists in about 40 minutes. So I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for Book Ends with Jermaine Bagnall, who spent the whole summer reading books.
2: Oh, yes. If- there's one thing we should be doing during the summer. It is, is reading, reading books. books. Absolutely. But now that we're in the fall,
0: continue reading books. Continue reading books. So and and I love that you uh you, you you read all kinds of stuff. So you're reading self-help, you're reading nonfiction, you're reading fiction, and you're reading young adult fiction. Reading them all, you know?
2: It there's wisdom to be garnered from everything and entertainment comes in all forms. So I'm Pretty open to the things I read, and today's review is really sums that up.
0: Yeah, okay, so, so what do we have?
2: So, the first one is it's, it's a bit of a throwback. We're going back to Anthony Baron Kolnick, okay. who is the author of the Harwood Mysteries, right. and he has a new one coming out uh, called Merchant's Curse. So, you know, we get to revisit then we get to revisit Lincoln. And uh for a reminder for those, this series is uh, historical fiction. So there in the backdrop you will hear about uh Kings that actually existed, events going on, like the Crusades and things like that. So there is uh, an actual backdrop. But mm-hmm. then within the the historical backdrop, you get uh, the fiction. And this is where we get to follow Zan on his latest mystery, where he is trying to solve a curse that's been okay. placed on a friend.
0: Okay, so and just to remind, so Zan Alexander is the the kid that was orphaned and was uh, is now living with the monk monks in the monastery. I presume he's still there. See, Maybe there not. Okay, been
2: some changes. All right. In okay. Book four, so I don't want to give too much about his situation because yeah. then it's like, oh man, I've, I've okay. So past he's the solving three. this time,
0: but he's solving a mystery and there's a curse—the merchant's curse. There,
2: there is a there is a curse. So you you get the backdrop of him you know, revisiting old friends and, and revisiting through, through linking, trying to find uh, the cure for a, a curse. And it's been placed upon a friend by a, a woman who's reported to be a witch. Okay. And uh, the big thing that's different about this is he's a little bit older and a little bit wiser, so much so that he actually, in his correspondence with uh, the monks he knows, talks about wanting to be wise. And not just wise, but wise like Solomon. Ooh. But with that, uh, the, the the priest talks about that with wisdom comes sorrow. And there's a quote from the book um, that I just want to read real quick that kind of sums a little bit of that up. Yet Solomon's sorrow and Zoro too had led to the wise realization that each day of life must be treated as a gift from God. It is a lot of every man and woman to enjoy the time they're given with those they love to eat, drink, and prosper in their toil, and above all, to remember the creator and follow his laws. Mm. So that seems very vague and very broad, but within it, he encounters characters who are living, some are living life of debauchery, some are uh, pursuing uh, religious orders, some are trying to find their way uh, in this historical sort of sort of backdrop, and all the while, He's trying to use wisdom gain to find allies and to solve this mystery. So it's really interesting that that they that Antony tied in the Book of Solomon and actually specifically the Book of Ecclesiastes also. Okay. The form, form of wisdom and learning as he's getting older that you know wisdom comes at a price, whether it be experience or just seeing that oh I, I may be wise but things aren't always going to go right. exactly as I hope and determine. So it's kind of a, a bit of a, a life lesson learned for young and older readers, you know. Nice. Age age does not always beget wisdom.
0: Yeah, exactly. No. So it's good good for young adults. Um, I remember so Anthony Barone Collink is the author and I presume it's published by Loyola Press still. So, mm-hmm, it's the mm-hmm. fourth book you said of the Harwood Mysteries, but it's yes. you said it's coming out, it's not out yet.
2: Uh, so it's going to be out in mid October. So, all right, so coming keep, soon, keep an eye out.
0: Coming soon, all right. And what's the second book?
2: The second one is a book called Green Lights by another, none other than All Right, All Right, All Right, Mr. Matthew McConaughey.
0: Okay, okay, the actor,
2: the, the actor. So, this one. Confession, I listen to it on Audible because certain uh, people, if their book comes out, I, I need to hear their voice. And this one was definitely okay. That. So many would be asking, what does Matthew McConaughey's biography have to do with the Catholic faith? Yes. So this book is all, of, it, it's a retrospective, looking at his career, his life, personal, professional. And he's examining uh, places where, he was able to go ahead where green lights happened, where he was able to get these great roles, where he was able to meet amazing people, but also when he would discern and find the yellow lights or, or full on red lights where he wanted to do something, but it wasn't happening. Okay. And what he had to do in, in the Catholic perspective of looking at it as like the, the, the dark night of a soul, you know, where okay. you have this expectation of things working out for you. An expectation of getting a job, b- b- meeting a spouse, or something, and it's not—it's not happening, and that creates uh, a place of of discernment. And in green lights, he does speak to that of of being still, of of taking time to try to figure out his next move, of what he wants to do. And it reminded me very much of the interviews I've done uh, with working in faith, mm-hmm. where people, in a retrospective, are able to look back on how God worked through their life and created green lights and opened doors for them that they didn't necessarily think would be for them or available to them and how that kind of works out through their life. And even when something you don't get something that you want, how gets you to a whole nother trajectory, right? I use myself for an example. Once upon a time I was doing uh, a commerce degree, wasn't really happy with it and had no idea Where I was gonna go, met a professor who set me on the trajectory of of film and media, and that that literally changed my entire life. That set open a whole set of green lights for me to to do the work that I'm doing today. To you know, being here with you at Salt tonight. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know? And in retrospect, you can see that God's hand was in that. Now, just to just to be sure, so Matthew McConaughey, like, it's not a Catholic book. It's um, not a Catholic book. Uh, does he it, talk about faith at all, or is he? Do we know? I mean, McConaughey, I don't a know. Of, is he Catholic?
2: He, 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 he's he's Christian. I don't know yeah. specifically what denomination, but not
0: that it not that it matters. I think so. What you, we, are you suggesting that people can read this book through a Christian lens or a, or a faith based lens, and 100%. see. to to see that the green lights are actually given to us by God.
2: A hundred percent. And I, I, there, there is language and some, some violence in the book. So it's not for everybody. So if you know, this isn't your cup of tea, don't read it. But if, if you're, um, if that's something that's within your palate, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just because I think when you apply that faith lens to it and look at the power of discernment in our own lives, it's, it can be very powerful. All right, and it's narrated by Matthew McConaughey himself.
0: If you do the audiobook. okay, or you if can you do the audio book, so who's the publisher?
2: The publisher is Crown
0: Publishing. Okay, so and this is a little bit
2: older. It came out in 2020,
0: but okay, but still it's good. Great read today. All right, so Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, uh, published by Crown Publishing, and uh, The Merchant's Curse. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm by Anthony Baron Colnick, Loyola Press. Thank you, Jermaine, we gotta leave it there. Um, but thank you, it's good to see you and good to be back for another season.
2: Likewise, I look forward to sharing more wonderful books with everybody.
0: Jermaine Bagnell, he's our book contributor and he's the producer of the Salt and Light production, Working in Faith. Uh, you can watch that at slmedia.org and you can follow him at Jermaine Bagnell. Coming up, a question about war in Church for Dummies. So stay tuned.
3: Hello, hello, I'm Benjamin Cello, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available at slmedia.org, and wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, and the show will be delivered right to your device. And now it's time for... Just for Dummies! With Billy Chan, who had a great summer.
4: I had a really good summer. Uh, the Pope was here he was, was wonderful yes. you know he's a lot closer than before I mean physically distance physically distance you know still can- <laughs> so I can you know I I, I I like to have a Pope in Canada right so yes
0: but you the- so you but you didn't get to go see him at any events because you stayed in Toronto
4: Yes. Yes. Uh, I didn't get to see him, but I see him through Southern and Light. Salt and so, Light
0: Media. Good, 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 good. So you watched uh, all the events.
4: And in also in all the Chinese program as well, right? You know, oh, I, right. There's a lot of good Chinese program for those who know Chinese. Or even if you do not know Chinese, just click on the Chinese <laughs> program and you can see that.
0: That's funny. Yeah, there you go. That's One so day we will do Church for Dummies in Chinese.
4: Yeah, yeah. So... um. You know, recently uh, we it has been, uh, you know, in, in I mean, you know, wh- where I'm working, there uh, we always talk about uh, politics, you know, outside yeah. world and things. And we were also everyone knows that I'm a Catholic, right? You know, yes. I think everyone knows. So they, you know, some of them asking me a question because of of the Ukraine war, right? You know, uh, which is really, really sad, but a lot of question, people are asking me questions on religions, on, uh-huh. on, on Catholic faith, and they say, hey, Billy, you are Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I really like how they start with this. Hey, Billy, you are Catholic. You know, what if, uh, are you are you uh, able to be enlisted?
0: Yes. The
4: ministry, I mean, military as a soldier. So assuming the soldier, you know, obviously, you know, soldier takes a lot of different positions in military. You know, you can be uh, a, a paramedic, you can be a doctor, you can be IT, you can do all kinds of things. But how about a soldier? Will you be able, if you're a Catholic, yep. and you assumed that a soldier may or have a greater chance
0: Absolutely. Yep.
4: To, to hurt people? Yeah, or oh, even killing people.
0: Yeah. So no, that's that's a very good question, and the short answer is yes. Of course, Catholics can be soldiers and can enlist in the army. That's even in the Catechism. There are several places in the Catechism uh, where it talks about uh, uh, Catholics participating in in the army. Definitely, especially when you think that the the work, the, a lot of the work that soldiers do is is legitimate defense so as as someone that's going in and in fact the whole the whole teaching on just war is is actually a catholic teaching but it's it's been incorporated into international law that there's a just war theory and that there are rules for legitimate war so um so the question i think that the real question is not can a catholic be a soldier or enlist in the army because i think that most armies exist to defend
4: Yes, but not the real
0: question is can <laughs> can if you're a Catholic or a Christian soldier, can you lawfully engage in a war that is not just yes, or can correct. you can you can you ob- uh, obey command commands
4: that is against your, your that is your, a good and, and
0: the, the short answer there is is you do not okay. you do not have to so. Um, so the, and again, this, this goes back to the Catholic teaching on, on conscience. So okay. you, the, the, the bottom principle is that all human beings and all Catholics should follow their conscience, even if their conscience is not formed. Mm. So of course the Catholic church teaches that we have a responsibility to form our conscience. Yeah. And then you follow your conscience so if your conscience is telling you that you should not part a lot of people decided to not participate in the vietnam war um if you're a russian catholic and you refuse to participate in that war because you consider that war to be an aggression and and maybe that's a reason why a lot of russians are trying to leave russia now because they don't want to be enlisted um or you might be a soldier that's already engaged in a war Mm-hmm. But then there's a particular battle or a particular situation where you're being asked to do something that you think might put civilians at risk. For example, you do not have uh, – sorry, you have the right to object, and the Catholic Church will defend that. But, but, I mean, but the army might not defend it. I mean, there might be consequences yes. to your actions.
4: But, but your action may, may end up getting you into jail. Or yes, may, exactly. May, you may get killed, right? Yes, may... but, the
0: church, but the Church will will, will defend your right – Okay. And uh, and and that 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 it's called the the con- conscientious objection, and mm-hmm. and that the the government should honor that. Um, okay. It's interesting because if you if people are really interested, I don't know. I don't think in Canada the Canadian bishops would have this, but then the U.S. If you go to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops on their website, they actually have a whole section, and it's the Committee of Justice, Peace, and Human Development on war and peace, and they do have a little statement on conscientious objection. And at the bottom it says, the short answer to the question is, if a Catholic is utterly convinced in conscience that a war is unjust and his own role constitutes direct participation in the effort, he has the right, he or she has the right and obligation to object and even refuse to participate, regardless of the consequences to the person and career. However, before taking such a drastic step, mm-hmm. we urge you, any Catholic to seek the counsel of a Catholic chaplain. So <laughs> so so that's good advice. So go talk if you're in in a soldier go talk to your padre, to your Catholic chaplain and uh, before you do something that that might make a huge difference to your career, but you do have the right to do that and the church will but, defend that right.
4: You know, you know sitting in here, you know, recording with you Pedro, you know, we can be very radical. We can be really rational. Uh, to, you know, to talk about it. But the thing is, you know, at the moment that you get an order and at that moment, you already think that this is not just. And yes. at that moment, you know that this is a sin. Yes. And at that moment in your brain, yes. you know that you have your wife, you have three kids at home. Yes. And they all need to be fed. And, they, and you know that the consequence that you disobey an order will affect all of them you know we are talking about uh you know yeah we are in canada we are in in the states which uh uh, we have a relatively good government uh relatively um uh uh, you know we 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 have a law right at least people will follow but you know some countries may not so in in that specific moment the toys that we get, obviously you will I I know your answer, Pedro. You know, we have been doing it for like five, six years, church for dummies. We knew that you are going to say, Oh, we are going to choose the lesser evil. Okay. But the problem is at that moment, uh, you know, what what, what should you really do? Is it uh, uh you 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 can never have a phone call right away to your catholic bishop sometimes you
0: can't yeah you're right and i i don't know the answer i think you follow your conscience and if you really and sometimes you're in a bind i mean we look at saints like Franz. uh, he's not canonized but franz jagerstatter in 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 austria and Uh he chose he knew the consequences he ended up going to to prison and 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 he ended up being killed for refusing to Mm -hmm. serve with the with the nazis in the war he had a wife and three three daughters i think four daughters um and then at the same time there might be situations that I've heard of of, of Christians or Catholics who've done certain actions in war that go against their conscience and the reason why they suffer from PTSD is not because they did something it's because they did something that went against their conscience and it actually mm-hmm. affects them but i do think that even if that's the situation you know that you can always go back to the church there's always confession god is always merciful god knows your heart better than you know mm-hmm. your even your own heart and and it's not all is not lost even though i mean we all do things that we maybe we shouldn't have done and of course actions that billy and pedro do might not you know affect (laughs) you know civilians in a little village in vietnam but um there's always god's god's mercy is always available so as much as possible seek there's a reason why there are catholic chaplains in the army Um, and 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 they they're very good at what they do and they are soldiers so i i think that that's probably the best advice we can give anyone who might be asking that in that situation
4: in any case the war is brutal right you know it's, um, uh, it's, 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 it's very very sad so i think uh, hopefully nobody will experience it but you know yeah, uh, uh, yeah that's my yeah, we need
0: to keep praying for for ukrainians um, i think all ukrainians are engaged in a in a just war of defense and mm-hmm. uh we need to pray for them that this senseless war comes to an end soon yeah thank you let's keep praying yes keep praying thank you billy Billy Chan, always asking good questions. You can follow him and ask him questions at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, Catholic households on mission and we meet the hillbilly Thomists, so don't go anywhere. welcome to the salt and light hour part two i'm deacon pedro i feel like i've introduced many a segment by stating how important it is for catholic families for catholic parents especially to find good strong catholic support and community to find resources that can help them in their mission as catholic families the church after all teaches that the home is the domestic church how are we all doing with building that domestic church now, there's a community that is designed for this very purpose, and it is called Catholic Home. H O M stands for Households on Mission, a ministry of Holy Cross Family Ministries. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Dr. Greg Popchak, co founder of Catholic HOM. Uh, Greg, it's good to see you again. Welcome back to the Saltonite Hour. Great to be here. Thank you so much. So, am I pronouncing it right? Because every time I see it, I want to say HOM.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, it's Catholic H O catholic home. H O M stands for Households on Mission. That's right.
0: So what is it?
5: Well, it's it's an app, actually. And it's okay. but it's it's not an app where that you usually think of in terms of just a kind of a passive place to go and download resources or whatever. What it really is, is an active community of faithful Catholic families and also Uh, experts uh, who are providing ongoing support. So uh, uh, all of my team of pastoral counselors and trained parenting coaches are part of the community as well. And the goal is to help families, Catholic families, build more loving, connected, and caring households that enable parents to feel more confident in their role of of being faithful Catholic parents, raising faithful Catholic kids
0: hmm. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of the genesis of it, because I, I mentioned that it's it's a ministry of Holy Cross family ministries. Obviously, they're dedicating to helping the family and helping the family, particularly with prayer. Um, it, 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 can you tell us a little bit about how the idea came sure. about?
5: Well, yeah, so I start with some current news, you know, Pew Research just came out with a poll that found that Christians will be in the minority in the U.S. at least Mm -hmm. uh, within the next decade, presumably that's coming down from where Christians were 90% of the population. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Catholic families can't count on the culture to support our values anymore. Mm -hmm. We can't, we can't just say, well, you know, we'll do our best, but then the school will make up for it or the community will make up for it. And so how do you parent and raise Catholic kids in a post-Christian world? Uh, and that was sort of the the impetus for a conference that we had in 2019 at, at the University of Notre Dame, right. where we gathered a group of theologians, social scientists, uh, church leaders together to really look at that question of the renewal of Catholic family life and how can we build Catholic families that can stand up to the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and through that, then we had several conversations over the last three years with uh, the USCCB and then the Vatican Dicastria for Laity, Family, and Life okay. to really look at. You know, how could we as a church help support families in the day-to-day lives to build strong enough families that can really stand up to the culture and raise kids who can own their faith? And so the the, the, the product of those many conversations over the last three years is this Catholic home community, Catholic households on mission community, which is really about presenting a, a framework for Catholic family life that allows every family everywhere, uh, regardless of their composition or culture or where they are, to use this framework to build a more loving, caring and connected Catholic family uh, that raises kids who can own their faith um, and really live their faith into adulthood.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you have good partnerships there with the U.S. bishops and the Vatican. Um uh I could do worse. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and I should mention that you're, you're the co-founder with your wife, Lisa, right. um, which also always makes perfect sense to have parents, male and female, um, helping us, uh, be, be better parents. And, and, but I want to ask you, so I, I get the sense, and maybe it's because I'm a parent that it's more for parents, but it's not, it's for families. Who is the, who, who is the app for, or who's the community for?
5: Sure. Well, we're presuming that parents are going to be the ones who are using it mostly, but the yeah. resources are all designed for families. So, for example, um, so we have two sides to it. There's the free side of the app, which anyone can download, and they can, they can get all the information that they need to live out this framework all on their own.
0: Mm-hmm. But if
5: they want that ongoing support and all the resources to help them go deeper uh, and really live this out in the day-to-day, there's a subscription side. Okay. Uh, and on that side, we have resources like the Catholic Home Animated uh, Course, which is uh, six videos that, that Lisa and I are interacting with a cartoon family that we take through the whole process. Oh, fun. So, you know, if you're wondering, how can I get my spouse and kids on board? You know, you can watch these videos and then do the discussion questions afterward. It leads to a lot of fun conversations uh, that really teaches this model of family life. OK. Uh, you know, and, and so it's, you know, so there's that. And then, of course, we have the expert accompaniment every day. That helps to make those connections with families and really support them through that. So the app is designed primarily for parents, but giving parents lots of tools and resources to use with their kids to live out their faith at home.
0: Right. So we're we're calling it a community, but it's an online community. And you've mentioned the apps so of the main the main platform is this app. And you said there's a free there's a there's some resources that are free, but there's also if people want more, they they want to sort of be more active in this community, they can also subscribe. Um, to to to, ben- to get some more of the benefits. That's right. That's and and so our goal really
5: ultimately is is uh, our hope is that we by by getting enough families to subscribe to the app that we're not just doing an online community that we're training families right. to minister to other families in their parish or their community. So everybody who subscribes can use these resources to have people over to their home and show them the videos or do the exercises with their kids or have a game night uh, with different suggestions that we have to be able to share this mission with other people. So it's Catholic households on mission, which means on the first part, living out that mission of God's love in the home, but then taking up the mission of sharing God's love with others as well. And so our our goal is to be able to create an online community that forms families to be able to create local communities in their parish and area to spread the gospel.
0: Right, exactly. To send them on on that mission. Um, I, I sometimes get the sense that people listen to these kinds of interviews and they think, oh, you know, like, well, that's for perfect families, you know. Like I'm not—I'm a single parent, or I'm divorced, <laughs> right. or or I'm a, uh, my children are adopted. Um, mm-hmm. I presume that this is also for them. There are lots of resources to that's help. That's right. You like to family. say that
5: uh, Catholic Home isn't just for perfect families; it's it's for families who want to experience God's love more perfectly. Mm-hmm. And the feedback that we've got—you know—we presented this model now. Uh, to family life ministries in over 30 countries on five continents. And what we found is that every household, whether it's a single parenting household, a divorced household, foster family household, Mm -hmm. adoptive family, grandparenting family household, can use this framework to grow closer to each other and to God in their daily lives. So it's not just for a specific kind of family. It's for any family that wants to live their faith more meaningfully at home, encounter Christ in a more meaningful way at home, and really experience the faith as the source of the warmth in their home.
0: There's something I that I saw on your website um, that refers to the liturgy of domestic church life, and I know I referred to the domestic church, and people might hear mm-hmm. that and think like, oh, "I don't know what that is; it's too too yeah. deep for me." So, what 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 is the liturgy of domestic church life?
5: Well, let's let's break that down. So, a domestic church, okay, is just a household of people. That are connected to each other and to God through the sacramental life of the church. So that's number one: sacraments makes a church. Okay, but uh-huh. the second part of it is that household of persons connected to God and each other through the sacramental life of the church should be committed to trying to live out the Christian vision of love in their relationships with each other in the world. So not just loving each other with the love that's in their own hearts, but really trying to learn what it means to love each other with God's love. And that's what makes a church, uh, a household, a common household, a domestic church: sacramental right. grace and that mission to live out Christian love. Liturgy is a big word that basically just means a way of worshiping that God gave to us, right? So the liturgy of domestic church life wasn't, excuse me, the liturgy of the Eucharist wasn't invented by people, Christ gave us that liturgy as yeah. a way of healing the damage that sin does to our relationship with God and each other. Well, the liturgy of domestic church life is that collection of practices that God built into families at the beginning of time that helps them be healthy and holy. And these practices are shown by social science research to be uh, to make healthy, happy, holy families throughout every generation and across every culture. And when we bring those things together, what we see is that family life uh, lived this way as a way of worshiping God, of experiencing God's love. And drawing closer to each other and god each day and just doing all the stuff that families already do but just doing it with more purpose and with the intention to to share god's love with each other
0: yeah it's it sounds very exciting and i wanted to end we have about a minute greg but so you're you're a dad you're a husband you Mm -hmm. have kids i think your kids are getting a little older since last time i saw you um how does this work in your in your family the, well, the not so perfect Pop Jack family. Yeah, well,
5: you know, and and we we have biological kids and adopt kids as well, and yeah. uh, you know, and we have adult children and we have a teenage daughter still. Uh, and what it, it really is is it gives us all a framework to really uh, build the kind of family that that enables us to enjoy each other's company more, to to share the, the the each other's burdens a little bit more, and to experience God's love in more meaningful ways every day. It's it's really been a wonderful blessing to us, and I hope that it would bless other families as well.
0: Yeah, well, I hope so, too. It sounds like it. And I'm glad that you're here today to tell us all about it. And and the people are going to get excited uh, to go try it out. Thank you. uh, Thank you, uh, Dr. Greg Popchak. Thank you for joining us today.
5: Thank you, Deacon. And if folks would like to check it out, go to Apple or Google Play Store, Catholic H O M.
0: Yeah, easy enough. There you go. So, Dr. Greg Popchak, he's the founder of Catholic HOM or Catholic Home, like I say it, with his wife Lisa. It is a ministry of Holy Cross Family Ministries and you can find out more also at the website catholichome.com, so catholichom uh, com And as he said, uh just wherever you get your uh your apps there at the Google Play Store or the Apple uh the Apple Store. And here now are our featured artists of the week. The Hillbilly Thomists with Floodwaters from their album Holy Ghost Power.
6: Winds are blowing The roof right off the house Those floodwaters Are coming, you wanna get out And the tide Can turn on you all at once and the hole that you built can return to the dust God is no healer the way we would like him He lets life roll on A father who did not spare his own son It sure puzzles a son God is no stranger to hurricanes He lets them blow right down the line And my brother Has got some ideas in his head And his mother Thinking he might wind up dead And she worries Still losing sleep over Him For an answer To go back to when they began God is no healer the way we would like Him Let's life roll on A father who did not spare His own son Your puzzles are sung God is no stranger to hurricanes He lets them blow right down the line There's a war on Always someplace, somewhere And within us There's many more wars in our care And we wonder When will that glory come Cause we're way down The blind and the feeble The deaf and the dumb God is no healer the way we would like Him. He lets life roll on. A father who did not spare his own son, but sure puzzles a son. God is no healer the way we would like Him. He lets life roll on. Your puzzles a sound God is no stranger to hurricanes He lets them blow right down the line
0: That was the Hillbilly Thomists with floodwaters from their album Holy Ghost Power This past summer while in Nashville at the Knights of Columbus Supreme Convention I came across our featured music group, a group that I had never heard of, the Hillbilly Thomists. They are a band of Dominican friars. They released their first album in 2017, which quickly rose in the Billboard Bluegrass chart. The friars have continued writing songs and released their second album in 2021, Living for the Other Side, and their latest album, Holy Ghost Power, which we've been listening to, was released this past July in 2022. The Friars spent the rest of the summer on their very first tour, the old highway tour. And that's where I got to hear them in Nashville. And so I am happy to welcome at least two of them to the Salt and Light Hour. Father Simon and Father Timothy, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
3: Thanks so much. Good to be here. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: So so your voices are a little similar, so we're gonna to have to make sure that we know who's speaking. But so Father T- Timothy and, and and Father Simon, um just the two of you are joining us today, but there are more than just the two of us. How many Thomists? How many hillbilly Thomists are there?
3: Yeah, so this is Father Simon here. Um there are it's kind of a ranging cast of characters. So at our biggest, there's about nine of us, and at the kind of smallest will be like three or four but there's about uh when we got together and recorded this past uh this past uh, or a year ago august i think there were about seven of us together okay
0: okay so it's not always the same the same guys and you're not so father timothy before we started recording you were saying that you're not all in the same location you're all over the u.s
7: yeah, if a good classic rock analogy is the Allman Brothers Band. Membership is fluid, and we all bring our talents. And you know, But we live separate, so we all work as priests, and in the Dominican province of St. Joseph, which is okay. Eastern U.S. So we, we minister everywhere from the East Coast in different cities to Rome. Uh, two of our oh. two of our most central band members live in Rome. So
0: okay, and and so the next question. It, well, I guess maybe I'll back up because there may be some listeners that are wondering, what is a Dominican? <laughs> maybe they think you're from the Dominican Republic or something.
7: Exactly. So we're, I mean, we're like we're a religious order like the Franciscans, Jesuits, Salesians. So the first thing to be said is we live in community life. Mm-hmm. Um, we do the work of priests throughout the church. Every religious order is helping various dioceses. What's distinguished about us, especially, is that from St. Dominic's tradition, uh, we, we have sort of this focus on maintaining the monastic life, some as active priests. No. So we have chant and contemplation and sort of that side. We're also uh, bookworms from Thomas Aquinas, our great theologian. So that, that's part of our name, the hillbilly. Thomas were playing sort of Appalachian Southern music, but we're Thomas. We stole that from the author, Flannery O'Connor, who described herself. But we think that describes us too in terms of our the Thomism is strongly our charism as Dominicans. Um, but we are also from the United States and learned that music.
0: Right. Okay, I was gonna ask you. So I'm glad you you mentioned that quote from Flannery O'Connor and the only reason why I know that quote is because it's on your website.
7: <laughs> and we try and to help people Yeah, thank it. you.
0: Thank you. Hopefully our our listeners uh have heard of Flannery O'Connor, but so um a Thomas because you guys follow Thomas Aquinas. Right. Um and a hillbilly, I'm not sure why Flannery O'Connor uh uh referred you know as a hillbilly but uh, because I think
7: of all the famous writers of Frira she was the only one from Mugridge Georgia
0: <laughs> really yeah yeah okay so um, not
7: Manhattan not
0: DC. no no but you guys and I'll ask Father Simon I mean you're all from all over you're not all from Appalachia um, and and I think it's kind of you know how random is it that you could find seven nine other Dominicans that actually are into the same kind of music. How did the group come together, Father Simon?
3: Yeah, that's right. We're not all from Appalachia, but actually a lot of us are from that uh, you know that sort of region of America. So Father Thomas Joseph, who plays the banjo and sings. He you know grew up in Georgia, but then also spent a lot of time in Kentucky during his okay. childhood. So Father Austin Lekey plays the mandolin, Father Peter, who you know is on mandolin guitar, bass, keys yeah. from Nashville. I'm from um, Southern Ohio, Father Timothy's from Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, and so there's a lot of us who, uh, so, you know, a lot of it is like, like I grew up listening to and playing um, like Irish American, Americana folk music. And uh, I think it just was sort of providential that a lot of us who uh, had played and had a lot of experience with this style of music before we became Dominicans. Ended up, uh, you know, together at the Dominican House of Studies, and uh, you know, just started playing music for fun there, and uh, and gradually it became, uh, you know, more of a sort of public-facing thing where we'd play for right ordination parties, or you know, we'd play at this or small that or this or that event in DC, and the way we started recording was that we had been doing Father Justin Bolger, who plays guitar and sings and writes a lot of our songs, okay. He had been a touring artist based out of Nashville before he entered the order. All right. With his sister, he would sign with a record label. And he also was a a music producer. So he worked, you know, he did recording engineering, direct recording projects. And so he had a lot of experience with recording. And when he got to our seminary in D.C., the Dominican House of Studies, he helped orchestrate some Recording projects where we recorded sacred music with our scola, our chant scola. Uh-huh. So we made three or four CDs as like the Dominican student brothers, the friars studying there,
0: mm-hmm.
5: who
3: they would sing at our house liturgies for mass and for the divine office. And we recorded some sacred music as a way, to, you know, and would sell those CDs as a way to fundraise. And then we, and then at the same time as that was happening, we were starting to play the Hillbilly Thomas music together. And we decided hey what if the next cd we make instead of doing sacred music we do you know hillbilly music we do this that's uh great. you know americana bluegrass stuff so that's yeah. how that all got
0: started that's wonderful very organic and, and and again just to one thing is to come from the places where you came from listening to the music that you grew up listening to but the fact that you had a mandolin player and a banjo player and you know like those instruments are also it's not everybody that plays the mandolin right
7: Deacon Pedro, just I want to provide a piece of information for this interview that's never been shared on any interview. Ooh, okay, that I like it. There's a spe- specific Dominican legal norm, which is getting real fine tuned to the rules of our life, where one's possessions, when you make final vows, you don't necessarily have to give those away to strangers or to random friends. You can decide where those go to. And so That's that's actually, I think most groups that have done music and have had these things, they didn't have the advantage. We did of a member, Father Justin, who knew this equipment, but also gave this to the order for for our use in community. And I think that is actually a step in the recording direction, which which most communities wouldn't have. So Mm. a point never been made on air
5: before. Well,
0: there you go. You heard it here first, Father Timothy Danaher. Um, So you you recorded i mean obviously you were writing music you said father justin writes a lot of the music i presume that there's others of you that are collaborating with the mute songwriting um father that's thomas who,
7: joseph is a theologian right so those are the two main ones and then some of us also yeah are starting to contribute yeah
0: and what is what is your hope for the music i mean two albums in two years three albums in five years that's a lot um is there more to come
7: I think I think it's as organic as it was at the start. I mean, we will keep writing albums um, as they come to us. We still have some material now. We are going to be recording a fourth album this upcoming summer. Okay. So we we do have blocked out. We're busy. We're priests. I people always say, Oh, you're a member of the Hibley Thomas. I say fifty uh, two weeks out of the year I am. Yeah. You know, fifty weeks. We all we all go to our ministry.
0: are in a parish, yeah. And so
7: we do set aside two weeks per summer um and we, we've been doing this the last couple of years for recording this this last and we could talk about this last summer we t- chose to tour for those two weeks yeah i wanted to ask you about that yeah
0: yeah and so so father simon that was your first tour and is there a hope that there will be more touring or is that also going to sort of organic see where the holy spirit leads
3: yeah, I mean, we hope in the power of Jesus Christ to orchestrate another Hillbilly Thomas tour. Uh, yeah, it was our first, we had played um, concerts before. So we played at the Appaloosa Music Festival in Front Row, Virginia, several years. And we did some shows in DC and in other different places where we've been assigned. But this past summer was the first time we had a tour. So we went from, uh, you know, New York City through Delaware, through DC to Pittsburgh, Chicago, Cincinnati, Nashville, Cleveland. I don't know if I missed a, missed anywhere, but you know, we were like going from city to city great. over the course of you know, eight to ten days, and uh, yeah, it was great. It was really, it was really great way to, um, you know, most of the people who listen to our music know us through Spotify or you know, or Apple Music or something like that, and so it was great to actually go meet a lot of the people who just listen, you know, yeah. listen to our music. And a lot of the times, similar for maybe for people who are listening to this, who've never heard of Dominicans or even met a Dominican before, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we talk to people after we play our shows and be like, this is their first time ever meeting a Dominican priest. Right. It's a great way to also, you know, share with them what our what our life is like outside of the being, you know, playing in the Hillbilly Thomas.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you're doing uh, that. That's, that's one great way to... uh Spread the good news out there. Um, we're going to leave it there, guys, because uh, we're a little out of time. But um, it's so good to 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 get to know the two of you and to to get to know your music. And I um, I know our listeners are going to be excited about you know going to your website to to learn from more. So Father Timothy Danaher and Father Simon Teller, thank you for joining us today, Hillbilly Thomists. Um, you can learn all about them the hillbilly Thomists, at their website hillbillytomists.com i'm going to put that link on our site so you can find it easily and as father simon mentioned you can also find them anywhere you stream your music spotify apple music or wherever you get your music and if you missed any part of this interview head on over to slmedia.org podcast because all our programs are archived there fathers timothy and simon thank you so much it's been great to meet you
3: thank you pedro thanks so much pedro
0: And here now to take us out are the Hillbilly Thomists with the title track of their latest album, Holy Ghost Power.
8: From the day I found out You were telling me lies I've been living off of grits Whiskey and moon pies Trying to find my place Launching prayers into space And turning to heaven At a bread that's unleavened A hundred channels of nothing on the TV at ten It's like Diet Coke and Original Sin But don't be sad, it's just a world gone mad You thought it was gold, but it's made out of tin
0: We're listening to the Hillbilly Thomists with Holy Ghost Power from their album of the same name and that will take us to the end of the program Remember that you can find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, but if you prefer, you can listen to all our shows at SLMedia.org slash podcasts. And if you do the social media thing, look for me, Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can email me, better yet, email me, pedro at esselmedia.org. I respond to every single email or message that I receive. Thank you for being with us. Looking forward to a whole new season of our show with you. You. I'm Deacon Pedro and this has been the Night Hour.
8: When they pierced the side, I saw the war eagle dive and I could not hide. Just when I faced the capital hour, that's when I found the Holy Ghost power.